That Don't Sound Right is a podcast about talking, talking the way we did before the internet, when you could not prove anyone right or wrong. All the expertise was contained in the people involved with the conversation. I'm Peter. I'm Cecil. And I hope you enjoy our conversations. And as you listen, if you find yourself silently saying, that don't sound right, send us a comment. You're one of us. Grin and maybe jovial attitude. He just kind of looks around and says, fellas, someone's going to get hurt tonight. Ah. Welcome back to another episode of That Don't Sound Right, a podcast about talking. We're your co-hosts. I'm Peter Billman. I'm Cecil Davis. And you know, we're just trying to have a conversation without Googling or fact-checking online. Sometimes we'll tell a story that just don't sound right. But most of the time, we'll tell, well, one of us will say something and you might want to go Google it. So when we talk about it and you're listening to it, I, well, it's okay to Google it. But when you're with a friend or a family member and someone right. says something, don't don't fact check them. Just just hash it out and see if you can convince them they're wrong. So I, I was talking to our number one Western North Carolina listener today, and she said um, they have a, a she's part of a group online, and they pose different questions, and she started answering the question without looking it up. Oh, very yeah, brave! Because very of this. brave. Yeah. Does that right? Because yeah, of the podcast. Because of the podcast. Oh, good for her. Yeah, she's been a, she has been uh, uh, telling people about podcasts. So thanks. Lisa, we appreciate that. We really appreciate you listening and telling everyone about our podcast and putting it into practice. Yeah. And so tonight, our our we're going to talk about unusual outdoor encounters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you know, between the two of us, we've had a handful of these at least. Uh, normally, when you're when you're on the trail or you're backpacking, nothing happens. You meet very friendly people. Would yeah. You? Oh, very much so. And if you're with me, it even goes so, so far as you really don't even see any wildlife. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean, talking about you scare away all the I wildlife. I scare all the wildlife yeah. away. I don't know if it's my body odor or I'm just loud or I'm a you know, mouth breather or something. Right. And they, the animals hear me coming a mile away. I, you know, I don't have to worry about bear. I don't have to worry about Anything rattlesnakes. Chupacabra, they're not going to mess with me because they hear me coming a mile away. I've got a great rattlesnake story that we need to remember to tell. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a really good rattlesnake story. All right. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I've hiked for, I've hiked entire weekends on the trail and not seen anybody. I'm that, entire I'm sure. sections. What sections would this be? Uh, usually like the sections um, up kind of toward ten, when you get, there's a part of the Appalachian Trail that just kind of skims. Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Sections through there. I've hiked around 19E, Highway 19E. Okay, yeah. But I, one of my one of the first things I ever saw on the trail when I first started backpacking was in Georgia. In Georgia is that is this at the beginning of the trail? So it's at the beginning of the trail. So if you're not familiar with the Appalachian Trail, that the true beginning of the trail is in Maine, and the end of the trail is in Georgia. But people hike it in different directions. So some people start in Georgia and go to Maine. Some people start in Maine and go to Georgia. What makes you say it starts in Maine? I think that's the. I think that is considered the start. Is that and mile the, zero? Yeah, and that's mile zero. And then Springer Mountains considered the southern terminus. I got gotcha. you. All right, I didn't. Yeah. didn't you can fact it. check me on that later. Yeah, later. I don't if know because most right. people because most uh-huh. people start in the south. Correct. 
right? They start about, uh, about right now is right. when they're starting yeah. from the why? south to catch the weather correctly. Right. Because, right. It, I mean, you're not going to start in Maine in February. Exactly. But you can start in, in Georgia mountains in February. Yes. But I've run across some folks that had to abandon ship. They had to bail out. They had to run to a hotel because of a big blizzard that hit them yeah. while they were on the trail this time. So you can still get kind of gnarly out there, but yeah. for the most part, they're starting here. If you were going to go from Maine to Georgia, when would you start? I I don't know. I, I don't know that many people hike it that way, but I think it, you can check me later, but I think that's the, the beginning. Now, some people will hike, they'll start Georgia and hike to the midpoint and then go to Maine and hike back to the midpoint. So the midpoint. So they're supposed to where's, be. Where's the midpoint? midpoint is considered somewhere in West Virginia. Like Harper's Ferry. Harper's Ferry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they'll start, like you said, in February, March in Georgia, hike to Harper's Ferry, fly to Maine, drive to Maine, and then hike back to Harper's uh, Ferry. Okay. That way you're always in good weather. Fun fact. Yeah. Did you know within 40 miles, I think it's about a 40-mile hike, you can do four states. I've heard that. Yeah, you can get, start in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Maryland, mm-hmm. Virginia, West Virginia. That'd be a great section to hike. People have done that in a day. Yeah, just oh, yeah. just to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Not me. The um, so uh, we were at the southern terminus, and uh, we were hiking the access trail from Amicalola up to Springer Mountain. All okay. right, which some people consider a very strenuous hike, a grueling hike. And uh, I've seen some very. Um, not so nice messages in the trail logs about that. And so if you're not familiar with the Appalachian Trail or some trails, uh, there's a log book when you get on the trail and you can put a message in there. And so just to give you a little insight, if you're hiking northbound, you're NB. If you're hiking southbound, it's SB. And you typically have a trail name and then you would just put in a message. And some people have some very choice words for the, the access trail from Amicalola Park up to Springer Mountain. Mm, all right. What's your trail name? I don't have a trail name. What would it be? I don't know that I've ever been on the trail long enough to get a trail name. Well, people who put in the logbook have never been on the trail and they got a trail name. Well, yeah. You've I, hiked more than all these people. I, I don't have a trail name. What's your trail name? I don't have a trail name. Let's come up have, with one. Do you have a trail name? I didn't know there's I didn't know there's a thing. Yeah. You have to have a trail name. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, we've met all kinds of people. Well, maybe our listeners can send in some names for Cecil. Oh, what should, no, what I'm sure should, our listeners have plenty of names. What for should, in fact, we'll have a con. Let's have a con. I'm feeling sporting. Okay. Let's have a contest for the best trail name. For the me? best trail name. The best trail name. I'm sending you a mug. Oh wow. Uh huh. Okay. I'm up in. I'll send you a that don't sound right mug. But you heard it. It's got to be the best. Got to be the best now. Clearly, if you're a family member or affiliated with Camel City Studios, you're not eligible for this contest. That's the uh, fine print. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, early in my backpacking career, uh, me and a buddy from Alabama were hiking up to Springer. Okay. So we met down there. Yeah, let's get, let's get to this story here. Yeah, and so um, on the access trail, about halfway up, I think before you get to the top of Frosty Mountain, there is the wreckage of an airplane crash. Uh, like what kind of airplane? Like probably a two-seater Cessna. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's off to the it's off to the left of the trail as you're going northbound. You can see it from the trail. You can see it from, if you know where to look. You can see it from no the trail. No kidding. So part of the fuselage is still there. Um, the seats. They left know. it there. Yeah, they left it there. That don't sound right. I know. 
Why would they leave it there? So you hike down to it, and you can just see different parts of the plane and kind of dig around in the wreckage. And but you know, it's, it's most of everything's been stripped away or rotted away. Yeah, but, I'm sure it's still there. Do you know how old this this plane wreck is? How long has it been there? The first time I saw it was. 32 years ago, and, so, and it looked like it had been there maybe for five or 10 years at that point. Really? Yeah. That's surprising that they don't remove it. It was, yeah, I was a little surprised. And, you know, I don't know the story behind it. Like, did somebody die? Did it just crash? You never looked it up. I never looked it up. That's simple. Well, you couldn't have Googled it 35 years ago. Right, yeah. The time I saw it, there was no way to know unless I found a park ranger. 35 years ago, there's a plane wreck, and we don't know what it's for. Well, I don't. I know nothing about that plane wreck, but wow. you can go around the wreckage, which is just kind of odd because you hear about planes crashing. Yeah, but how often have you been able to kind of dig around the wreckage of a plane crash? So I'm assuming the the state the state of this wreckage, there's trees already growing through it. Oh, absolutely, covered in leaves and right. Yeah, it's yeah. Big. The crash, the cra- the however it crashed is covered up now. You can't tell. Yeah, you can tell which can't way. See the, the, can't right. see the scar. The scar, right? Okay. Yep. Was the, is the motor still in it? Uh, the motor was gone. Really? Yeah. So somebody had gotten in. Somebody had gotten that. Someone out. got down there yeah. and got that motor out. Mm. And seats were still there, though. Yeah, the price of aluminum would warrant people, I would think, going to get it these a days. A lot of the plane was missing. Oh, okay. Like I said, if you if you knew where to look and where okay. to go, you could go down there and the wings, can you like the wings? like pieces of it and struts and stuff. Okay. Still there, yeah. I wonder if people have taken pieces of it for a souvenir. Souvenir. Yeah. Kind of the beginning of their backpacking trip. Well, the interesting thing is if you're just kind of a if you're a backpacker, by the time you get to Springer, you have probably cast off oh, yeah. anything you have picked up. Because Springer is great for like finding all kinds of gear right? that overzealous backpackers have packed for their oh, through hike. Oh. And they get to Springer and they're like, I'm not carrying I'm this I'm not the whole taking way. this because this was already murder. Yes. Did you find anything? Have you? Did you score anything? Uh, I think the best I've ever scored on the trail was a uh, Teflon fork. Maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a, a a travel tip for folks that if you want some free camping gear, yeah, go up there right now when the, the through hikers are starting and yeah. you find yourself some gear. I've heard that people have abandoned cameras and no, camcorders. Yeah, no, yeah, that they were man. carrying that they were like, oh wait, this is. Of course, nobody carries a camera anymore. No, they right. have their phone. But, but still, I mean, certainly you just wait to the next place to drop it off and mail it home, not just ditch it. Uh, I don't know, man. You start. You know, you start through hiking and it's too much weight. So that was one story. Did and you did you encounter any people that uh, on the trail that have told stories about the plane wreck? Are there any legends? No, I or never. I need to go look it up. I guess. Like the Mothman. You know, right. do we have any cryptids that hang around it? I mean, I, is there I, anything going on? And I've never camped. You know, I'm always moving on past that wreck right. because we're trying to get to the top of Frosty or trying to get to Springer. So, no, I don't know any, anything about it. All right. So another time we were at, uh, we had decided to camp at Overmountain Shelter. The Overmountain Shelter. What is this? So Overmountain is part of the uh, Overmountain Trail, where there was a, I think there was a group of revolutionaries that supposedly hiked the Overmountain Trail from somewhere to Kings Mountain, or from Kings Mountain to somewhere else, and fought in the Revolutionary War. But there's a barn on this on there, and you should go and look it up. Okay, the King, but the Overmountain Trail—that's going all the way down to Kings Mountain down in South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, the that's a trail long is, trail. That's a long trail. Okay, it intersects the Appalachian Trail. Oh, I hadn't heard this. And where it intersects Appalachian Trail, there's a shelter that's an old barn, and they've cut the side out of it. Mm-hmm. And so and it's got a great view. 
It's right. kind of a destination. Yes. So yeah, um, so we were headed there as a destination. But we got there, and there was a guy asleep. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were a little scared at first because we thought it was a bear. So he was in the shelter? Yeah, there's two parts to the shelter. There's the side that's cut out with mm-hmm. bunks or, play, or a place to, to put your sleeping bag. And then the inside... And there's an upstairs, and they've got bunks upstairs okay. and downstairs. So it's like a large barn with a piece of the Big wall. Big barn, yeah, with a piece of the missing. barn missing. Yeah. And so he was asleep on the inside and snoring, and we thought it was a bear. Oh, the snoring kind of made it yeah. creepy. But he woke up, and uh, and it did not sound right, his story, because he had no gear with him. And we're, really? Yeah. Was it his sleeping bag? Nothing. He had nothing with him. He was just kind of just there. He was there. Sleeping. Yes. Like Johnny Appleseed. Yes. No, All right. No gear. And uh, he just, his story was kind of odd. And so... What did we, he What did he say? Well, he was reading a novel about uh, murders on Blood Mountain. Blood Mountain. All right. Yep. And then uh, me and my, my buddies got talking. We said, you know, we're not going to stay here the night with this fellow. Why is that? And just, we had a bad feeling. Okay. Well, which, well, le- which leads us to our words of wisdom. Yes. Which is if what, it doesn't if it doesn't feel right a situation doesn't feel right get out of the situation. Now would you wouldn't you put a caveat to that? If a situation doesn't feel right, yeah. Wouldn't you put a caveat? What's your caveat? To that? I, well, if it, if this if it doesn't feel right in the woods <laughs> and you're away from civilization, <laughs> absolutely get away from it. Get away from it. I think. I mean, that's the that's the caveat because certainly you can't. Live by that those words of wisdom in any situation, or we would never leave our house. Well, that's probably true. But yeah. when you're outside, when you're outside. I def, you know, it's kind of a, a similar similar story. So some friends of mine, they're mm. they're backpacking, and mm. uh, doesn't matter where, they they get to their camping spot. It's kind of a big camping spot with a shelter. So. Many hikers would come here to as a destination to camp for the right. night yeah. on their way to the next destination along this trail. And there, around there, around the campfire. Um, so before you yeah. finish that, just so our listeners will know, like when you're on the trail, you're always looking for your next campsite when you're backpacking. And so if you kind of know where one of these things is. So what Peter's talking about is a, an established area. Right. Yeah. Because it's also usually... Very close to a water source, because that's what I'm always looking for when I'm backpacking. Right. It's my next source of water. Yes. And usually there's a campsite close by. Right. So people generally know where the campsites are when they're on these long hikes. So these guys were sitting there around the campfire. It was already late. The other thing that usually happens is that you get to your campsite right before it gets dark, if not well before, so you can cook your meal in the daylight. Not as a big deal in the summertime because daylight's a lot longer. But in the wintertime, you're kind of getting your getting to your campsite pretty quick so you can cook in the daylight and then you can get in your warm sleeping bag. But so these guys are around the campfire and it's late. They're telling stories, hanging out, having a good time, blowing off steam. And then out from the dark comes a hiker by himself. He shows up, says, mind if I camp here tonight? Sure, of course not. We can't, you know, we can't stop you from camping here. This right. is, it's the woods, right? And so he kind of disappears for a little while. I guess he's setting up his camp. 
you know, people hear him rustling around in the woods, maybe setting up a tarp and hammock or, or his tent, whatever it is. He's out there milling around, setting up his thing. Don't think anything of it. So he comes back and he's asking, may I join you? Can I sit with you guys around the fire? Well, no one's going to stop you. Of course you can. It's a campsite. We're all here together. Yep. Have a seat. So he sits down. And after a little while, he takes out two items. What does he take out? The first item is a flask. That's common. And a flask. Probably with some good bourbon. Right. Maybe some rum. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of flasks on the trail. <laughs> right. The second thing he gets out is a gun. Ah, no, I've not seen a lot of those on the trail. <laughs> and with this kind of grin and maybe jovial attitude, he just kind of looks around and says, fellas, someone's going to get hurt tonight. Ah. Now, maybe he was trying to lighten up the situation, mm. but it did not lighten it up for these guys. <laughs> I'm going to get out of there. And what would, quick. what would your, what, what are your, what's your words of wisdom again? If it don't feel right, the situation doesn't feel right, get, get out. So they did. They yeah. packed up the, their stuff quietly and moved on. And they got, I mean, they got their flashlights out and just moved on. Yeah. Find, found another sub, subpar place to camp, but right. at least they felt safe. Well, that's what we did at Over Mountain. And that guy didn't have a gun. We, we moved on to a subpar place to camp because it was late. <laughs> and uh, two hikers came in. Later. They were late? A, a, was mother, it a mother and a son. Was it dark by then? It was getting just to the edge of darkness. And so, and they're doing just like you're saying. They're rolling into the, you know, they've timed it. They're getting over mountain just in time. They want to see the sunset. And um, sun comes through first. And so we don't want to, our bias to affect him. So we don't say anything about the guy. We tell him there's a guy down there, but we don't really give him our opinion. Because it's very odd that we're camping where we're camping with over mountain so close. In fact, I think he even says... What are, you, what are you guys doing? You know Overmountain's right around the corner. Yeah. So he goes on down to Overmountain. A little while later, his mom comes by. As we're talking to his mom, the, the guy, her son, comes almost running back up the trail. And it's like, why didn't you guys tell me about that guy at Overmountain? <laughs> and we were like, well, we didn't, you know, we thought maybe we could be overreacting. He's like, no. He said, we're not staying anywhere near this place. And he would not even let his mom go down to Overmountain to see the sunset. They kept on going. So the words, your words of wisdom, you should share that with others, right? I guess I should, we should have shared it. And, yeah, I mean, you know, we were wondering, you know, did our, did did, our feelings get the best of us? Or did you overreact? Yeah, did we overreact? But that confirmed it for both, for all of us. That, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt that we were, yeah, when, he would not even let his mom to go down the overall, which is, again, a destination on the trail. Did he say what bothered him? I, he just, no, he just, there was just a feeling, man. Yeah. Just a feeling. Just he a had feeling. it too, yeah. Just, just something was not right about that situation. I didn't think we were far enough away. Oh, honestly. is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, would, I, I slept with one eye open, as they say, <laughs> that night. So I, I put my tent between the other two guys' tents. So I figured out, you know, if something happened on either side of me. <laughs> so the interesting thing is, though, that's the only situation you've really had. Uh, where I felt uncomfortable to that level? Yeah. Yeah. And I've only encountered one gun on the trail. Um, and a, a Marine was carrying that one, a former okay. Marine. And she was, uh, you know, she was carrying it for, oh, I don't know why she was carrying it, but she right. was carrying it. That was only one I've known about. Right, like, right. That had a, that was armed on the trail. So that, that's, the, that's the interesting thing is, I mean, I've never encountered 
an odd person on the trail. To and that I, to that level? Yeah, to any level. Right. To any level. I remember mm-hmm. that story I told was not me. It was yeah. some friends of mine. And your story, it's just you, and that's just your one story. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, what are the, oh, the yeah. people that you meet on the trail, what are they like? Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll meet some unusual people, but usually people are pretty mellow, nice people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why we're out there. Until recently, there had only been two murders on the Appalachian Trail in the history of the trail. Okay. And it was very, very random. A guy drove from Myrtle Beach to part of the trail in North Carolina or Tennessee and randomly killed two people on the trail. Mm, All right. And there was a a book written about it. Okay. Yeah, but I've never seen anybody, like, get in a fight on the trail or or get hurt because of somebody else on the trail. No disputes. No. Your biggest dispute is with the bear. Oh, absolutely. That's with the bear. Yeah. Tracking you down. Yeah. Eating your food. Getting your bear bag down. Yes. That's your biggest dispute. Yeah, it's never been people. Now, we've had some annoying people on the trail that have, <laughs> shared, that have shared shelters and campsites with us. Well, never, not mean people. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Maybe weather, too, is one other encounter yeah. you can have on the trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah, usually it's not people. Usually. I've had one encounter with weather on the trail. Buddy of mine, we were up in New York in the mm. Catskills. Oh, wow. This portion of the trail. Mm. And we got to, um, as we kept hiking, it kept snowing. Mm. And then the snow got deeper. Mm. And we got to about halfway to where I wanted to go. And I said, I don't know if we're going to make it to the other side. And I don't know if we should try. Mm. So we said, okay, let's just stop here. Let's camp here and see what if the weather breaks. Right. And we got in our tent. And then it started to freezing rain. Ah. Uh. And I have never seen ice build up like I did this time. Yeah. We remember looking out the window of our tent, and there was a small pine sapling. And you know how pine trees are. Mm-hmm. When they're small, they have skinny branches, but they have the long pine needles. And we could watch. We would literally watch the ice build up on the pine needles, and we watched the Branches mm. start to droop oh, man. as the ice built up on this little yeah. sampling, yeah. and we said, "I don't think we're go- I don't think we're going to go. Yeah, go any further. Yeah. So we ended up spending the night there. You kind of bivouacked. Yeah, we kind of spent we kind of yeah. spent the night there. We were fine. We had plenty of water, plenty of food. We weren't going to be in trouble. Right. And then so then and then the next morning we got up and we just got out and yeah. we practically went the whole way on our rear ends. Because of all the ice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a hard hike out. But, again, that's what you expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cat skills and the winter. That's right. You're not going to... But we didn't encounter any people. <laughs> I have one. There's one <laughs> other encounter on the trail that I have to really think about before I tell it uh, on the air. I'll tell it to you off air and see if you think it's appropriate. All right, all right. Yeah, had, but one thing I'd be curious to figure out after this conversation is what's the deal with that airplane? Yeah, we'll have to get back and see if we can find it. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what the deal with that airplane is. Well, it don't sound right, but you have reached the end of another that don't sound right. So TSR, uh, do you want to talk about your uh, what you can do for St. Patrick's Day or Presidents Day? Are you tired of buying the same old boring <laughs> gifts for St. <Saint> Patrick's Day? <laughs> 
we've got some pint glasses that you can put green beer in. Oh, yeah. So I would encourage you to do that. We have some green shirts with our logo on it so you don't get pinched. Check out our merchandise store. Link in the show notes. Link at our website, thatdontsoundright.com. But before we close, we do want to thank everyone for listening. This is your first time and enjoyed the conversation. Would you consider hitting the subscribe button or the check mark on the Apple Podcasts? Also, consider giving us a rating and leading us, leaving us a review. And again, send us a, uh, a suggestion for Cecil's trail name. Uh, we'll oh, send you sure. a. We'll pick the best one, uh, and I will send you a. That don't sound right, mug for nice. it. Can I play? Can I send it again? We'll have to adjust the <laughs> fine print. All right, so That Don't Sound Right is a, is a uh, podcast which is a production of TDSR Podcast in conjunction with Campbell City Studios. I'm your co-host and sound engineer, Cecil. Peter is your other host and your web designer. Emily is our graphic designer. Giorgio is our product tester. Brent is our brand ambassador. And as always, listener number one is Scott. Scott. All right, so until next Saturday night... Keep talking. Stay curious.